Oogies and Boogies, Chapex and Damaros, you are now tuned in to the Disney Holic Show. Hello and welcome to the Disney Holic Show. That's Jen Diz. And that's Mike TV. Tonight, we're wrapping up our Disneyland trip with stories and announcements from the D23 Expo, plus our recap of Oogie Boogie Bash. Wow, what a trip. I'm tired. We just got back from Oogie <laughs> so Boogie tired. Bash, California Adventure. It's almost midnight before this episode comes out. Yeah, we're like almost, we're due technically in like four hours from now. <laughs> yes. And so. we have so much to talk about. So we are going to do part one of D23 Expo today. So we're going to talk about our experience, the parks panel, masquerade, and the show floor. Um, and then we definitely have to talk about tonight's Oogie Boogie Bash. Yes, absolutely. While it's nice and fresh, right off the hot presses. Is that what it is? Hot off the presses. Hot off the presses. There we go. Hot off the presses. All right, D23. Wow, what a weekend. This is why we came here. It was for the Expo. What's your overall thoughts? Like, what do you think? I mean, I've always said to people, like, when people ask for advice about the Expo, it's, I always say, like, make sure that you like aren't expecting to do everything but the best part about d23 expo is that you are always going to have a good time like there's always something that will really make you happy and i feel that's how like that stayed consistent for me there were some things that weren't perfect however there was so many things that were nice like surprises that it like took it over the level for me so um overall i would say a great time how about you? Same. I would say overall a good time. And I would say not specifically because of Disney, but because of the fans. Yeah. It's just fun to be around all these fans and also see people that we've seen on Instagram and social and talk to people that we know and meet up with friends. There's just so much going on that I forget we're just there to see people also and that's fun. I like that part of it. Right. And speaking of, can we give a shout out to everyone that showed up to our happy hour at yes. the Hearthstone Lounge? That was so good. Shout out. Yes. We were not really knowing what to expect and we were a little nervous going into it. So if you read that off my face, then <laughs> it was absolutely <laughs> the truth. But um, it was so much fun to meet all of you. And I hope we can do more of these soon. D23 Expo is a great time to do these meetups because... Often a lot of us just happen to be in the same place at the same time. So it worked out really well. Uh, I think we got Hearthstone Lounge cracking. Like it was kind of sad yeah, when we got we, there and we were at the party. We rope dropped Hearthstone we Lounge. Uh, but yeah, I'm so glad you all came out. And if you didn't, you'll have another time uh, to say hello. And this was our first in-person meetup since we started the podcast. Right. So it and was we had wonderful. Drinks and donuts. Thanks, Laura and Jessica. And just a ton of fun. So um Hopefully we get to do more of these soon. So yes, the fans, the overall experience. Um, is there anything in particular that stood out for you that, other than that, than the fans, like that really made this year stand out from the rest? I will say, unfortunately, I think this was 
the my least favorite of the D twenty three expos, but they're also fun. So you know, if you rank low on this list, it's still a fun list. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to rank low in general, but yeah. on on the list of expos for sure. Yeah. Um, I would say I don't know. I felt pretty at par with this one. I somehow really managed my expectations, so like, <laughs> I guess I wasn't as surprised as most. But um, but yeah, let's get into it. So. Uh, Parks panel, and I think this is probably part of the reason for that reaction, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. And I think that's a good place to start because a lot of us here are Disneyland, Disney World fans, Parks fans. It helps bring us together. And it's really like the physical embodiment of the Disney experience is, is. when you enter a park or stay at the resorts. And it's been a few years since we all got together and heard huge announcements and I think the trouble with that is in between those three years, they trickle out information. So we have had news and announcements between the expos, and we had no idea what to expect in terms of announcements that were saved for the expo. And I think that's where a lot of people um, are a little bit torn, I guess. Yeah, I feel like going into it, we had jokes that they were just going to reannounce everything that they didn't do the first time. Yeah. Um, and then it was a little too real at some point. Right. It was pretty much it. I think the fun part is when we were at the Disney Legends ceremony, which was also the opening ceremony of D3, D23 Expo, and Mr. Bob Chapek came out. Yes. He uh, gave us, he spilled some beans for us already to get us hyped for the weekend. And he told us right off the bat, during the legend ceremony that guess what the avengers campus e-ticket is still in development and it is coming and the story has evolved and apparently also the ride itself has evolved since the last time we heard about it a few years ago um so that's exciting you know we always laugh about like broken promises and here it is they're they're making it right and we're gonna get that e-ticket that avengers campus deserves they did give us more um information about it at the actual parks panel and the avengers campus uh expansion will, expansion will include an e-ticket ride, so that's one of those like big rides that is going to allow guests to help the Avengers fight villains from all kinds of different multiverses and timelines, including villains that we haven't met yet that are probably in phase four, five, six of the MCU. Um, not, not much details on what the ride vehicles are or if it's uh, a brand new technology or not. So more to come there um, in terms of details. What do you think? Yeah, I think the details were pretty light in comparison to um, maybe what we would have hoped to get. Yeah. Um, and I feel, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, because I often, like, don't catch on to a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad I have Mike with me because he catches on to every little thing. Um, I felt, first of all, that announcing it in the legend ceremony was a very bad move. Like, it could have been cool. Because it got everybody pumped, right? Yeah. But it had nothing to do with the legend ceremony. And then they didn't have enough exciting content for the actual parks p- panel. So they yeah. should have saved it. Like, that was the big heavy hitter after all, right? So, yeah. like, why do they... <laughs> there so wasn't then... much more to say. Uh, they they <laughs> mentioned and showed us concept art of King Thanos. So the storyline will be what would happen if Thanos won the Infinity War. But other than that... You know, I guess JPEG wanted some credit with us fans. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> he wants yeah, to say we'll, it. We'll see. <clears throat> um, and King Thanos, he looked really cool. Yeah, he has like a beard. Yeah, he looked really, really cool. Um, and I guess that's just, he like, gave, they gave us a sneak peek of those 
villains we haven't met yet. Even though we've met Thanos, it's like this other evolution of him or maybe a multiverse. And this whole purpose of this attraction is you like utilizing the multiverse, right? Yeah. So <clears throat> that could be insane. And I hope that gives them flexibility to do, you know, like what they do with Star Tours, the adventure continues, where the, it's like a slot machine and there's different right. multiverses we can enter. Um, that tells me it's probably going to be screen-based so that they can do that. Oh, you mean like what we all expected for Smuggler's Run? Yeah. Whoops. Come on, Smuggler's <laughs> Run. <laughs> First of all, we'll talk about Boobatch in a second, but we rode um, Monsters After Dark, Gardens of the Galaxy, Mission Breakout, and the fact that they can flip that overlay... <laughs> Halfway through the day, right, and still keep it running every day, and a lot of it is just sp- screen-based changes and some practical changes, you know. Yeah, they even had like the um, cast members are wearing different clothing. Yeah, they are different costumes. They had them like with holding nets and catching. Somebody was like dropping a monster down from the top level into the bottom oh, yeah. level. It was crazy. And then the best part was when Mike pointed out that even the. Um, like painting or whatever, the lettering on the back of the, uh, what is it called? Like a cargo the lift or something that gantry, you're in? The gantry. The gantry. Um, that's different. It showed like a monster on it and stuff. And I'm like, dang, yeah. they, I don't even know how they change all that for, so quickly. Even for just the, an um, evening option. The <laughs> double doors that open up in each scene in the tower also had spray paint that's and graffiti right. on it. Oh for my the, God, how they do, I don't even know how the they monsters. do that. For the monsters, yeah. <laughs> Very like, what cool. What do they do? Oh my gosh, insane. Um, okay, back to Park's panel. Uh, there was a lot of Toontown at Disneyland, uh, both updates and a few details about what we could expect in that land. Again, nothing new than what they've already put out in the press over the last year. So expansion Except of Toontown. Except Donald Duck is still there. Yeah, they wanted us all <laughs> to know that Donald Duck's boat will stay there. And it crashed into something. And uh, as a result, becomes a new fun water play area. So I guess there's like pipes bursting and things like that. So uh, Toontown, and of course that comes with Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, which in the Disneyland version will be in El Capitoon Theater, which is a pun so of cute. the Halloween, ho- ho- Hollywood El Capitan <laughs> Theater in Hollywood, California, where Disney does their big premiere. So Halloween on the Brain. That would be cool. Yes, Halloween, have Halloween, Halloween on the Brain. <laughs> um, and it's supposedly going to open in early 2023, so we'll find out. Um, more about that. Anything else? Did you see anything new with with Toontown that we haven't heard? No, or? no, I yeah. can't think of anything. I mean, we we got to see a little. Like, did we get that concept art exactly as it was? Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking we could see the layout a little better. Um, yeah, I don't really feel like anything was new. I think that El Capitoon Theater was the most exciting part of that. Yeah, it was cute, it's adorable. And um, in Mickey's of Glendale, the shop, we saw. Early, we had early access to merchandise for right. the new ride, and we each got a shirt that mm-hmm. has the El Capitoon Theater and a popcorn logo. Very cute. Um, so that was cute, and because it's D twenty three Expo and they have pavilions, they also had the model, the the scale model, uh, scale back model of the Toontown area. And the fun part about that is we can talk to the cast members uh, slash Imagineers at the pavilion, mm-hmm. and you found out. Um, some stuff or we were trying to ask something about fireworks and how that's all going to work. Oh yeah. So we had overheard someone say, one of the people working there, um, say that they are going to be able to reopen after fireworks. 
And we're like, wait, what? So you know how like right now Fantasyland shuts down in Disneyland when the fireworks go off and then shortly after they're able to open and back up for the rest of the night. Toontown usually shuts down and doesn't reopen. So this was like news to me. I'm like, wait, what? So I started talking to them and they said now that they have this big attraction, there's a reason to keep the the land open. Usually it's more focused on families and kind of is able to close earlier. Um, And that's kind of the model they were using. But um, yeah, he said, we just have to make sure that no one's going to get rained on with fireworks, basically. Exactly like Toontown or exactly like uh, Fantasyland. So pretty cool news there. That would be nice. So if you're in a queue for Runaway Railway or Roger Rabbit, you'll just be able to stay in it and keep going through the fireworks. All right, so Parks Panel, there was an announcement that we have never heard of. It was kind of out of the blue, and they showed concept art. And now this is at California Adventure, and the Pacific Wharf San Francisco era, area is getting a Big Hero 6 makeover. Yeah, a little retheming going on. Um, I love that idea. Um, however, the first thing I thought it was the conversation you and I had just had about how California Adventure is slowly turning into IP Adventure, yeah, right? Yeah. So now we're, like, taking away from this other area, which personally I'm totally fine with. Like, Same. I live here. I don't need to have a park about it, you know, so it's fine. Um, I also like that it, because the Marvel comic of Big Hero 6 takes place in this fictional city called San Francisco, which is designed as a mashup of San Francisco and Tokyo, Japan, to me, it's still California. You know, it's San Francisco yeah, themed. It works. It works. And yeah. then the uh, the Tokyo version, the San Francisco version of the Golden Gate Bridge, is just such a cool design. It has the like those Japanese spires, but it's still red like the Golden Gate Bridge. And whether or not it's intentional, it reminds me of a nod to the Golden Gate Bridge that was here when DCA first yeah, opened in the front of the park. So cute. So that'll be nice. And, you know, there won't be any rides, but it's going to be a rethemed area of the wharf, which right now is mostly food and some shopping, Mm -hmm. uh, which I still think is going to be good. So if there's different places to eat. And then they mentioned a Baymax meet and greet experience. Yep. Yes. You get to meet him pretty much all the time over there. It sounds like he's going to have a permanent residence type thing in uh, San Francisco. San Francisco. (laughs) Uh, You get to meet... The healthcare companion of Hero and Aww. Friends, Baymax. Uh, they did not give us a date, so that's another thing that I think um, you know was a little bit of a Debbie Downer. Is usually with D twenty three Expo, we get some seasons, if not specific dates, uh, for some of these new expansions or makeovers uh, for Big Hero Six. They did not tell us when, so we will find out more about that. Yeah, that's a little rough because you don't know like how excited to get like okay is this something that's going to happen in like 10 years or your (laughs) next spring you know it's very different now uh one of the big uh maybe the crown jewel of the parks panels and park pavilion is tiana's bayou adventure which is the reimagining of splash mountain at both disneyland and disney world we got clarity on the date so it's opening in 2024 late 2024. So I guess as it gets closer, we'll get more details on both when Splash Mountain will close for the refurb Mm -hmm. or overlay and then when it will actually open. So we're still missing some details there. But what's nice is we got to see a model of it. Looks a little bit different than the original concept art. Seems to keep Space Mountain a little bit more 
classic. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say. Space Mountain? I mean, Splash Mountain. <laughs> Splash Mountain. It kind of looks still like Splash Mountain. <laughs> they took out a lot of the uh, the thorns and stuff, and it's just more trees and, like, bayou greenery. Yeah. And the top is all, like, flat now. I love yeah. the concept. I think we all did. Like, yeah, we're excited about that. And then the topper... Just got taken. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, all right, I guess not. And it seems the uh, the scenes are probably the same. So the concept art that we fell in love with a couple years ago or last year was Splash Mountain. At the very top was Mama Odie's tree from The Princess and the Frog. And that's where the dig a little deeper scene <laughs> takes place. And then you drop down the Splash Mountain drop. Uh, now, people were zooming in, and you could look really closely in the model, and you'll see hanging from the top of the drop are uh, beautiful colored lights and glass bottles, which are also from the Dig a Little Deeper scene. So it seems like you'll still be at, in the Mama Odie tree at the top. It just seems like the exterior lost that, yeah. the show part of that. So um, Another thing that Sharita, what's her last name? remember i don't imagineer sharita carter yep so um yeah imagineer sharita carter she was talking about the project and one thing she did say is that this attraction is going to be beautiful at nighttime so a lot of things look like it illuminated like for instance the drop water looks like it like has lights underneath it or something i'm not 100 sure do we know for sure that that's going to be lit up it looks like that's what it they're trying like to tell us model, right yeah yeah and there was um over the model in the pavilion there was also a monitor or a screen and it would show the nighttime and the daytime and we both said the nighttime kind of looked like pandora yeah from it Animal looks Kingdom. magical which so is pretty super cool yeah so that should be a really um like i don't know i feel like that area when you walk past the haunted mansion the haunted mansion is like so like especially when it's playing all the music outside and it's just like really pretty. And you have that long journey over that little overpass thing and then Splash Mountain's on the left and it's kind of dark at nighttime. Yeah. So having that all lit up and pretty is going to be really cool. Almost like they're going to have a photo pass there. Oh, yeah? what a backdrop that is. Yeah. It's so pretty. It does look nice. So that'll be nice. Um, now, with Tianu's by... Tianu, gosh, it's a tongue twister. With Tiana's <laughs> Bayou Adventure, specifically in Disneyland, um, there has been some confusion because they are, the Imagineers are really trying to create a backstory to this attraction. And in doing so, some confusion <laughs> has happened. And so let's, let's talk about that. So the expansion of New Orleans Square at Disneyland will include, yes, the Bayou Adventure, but it will also include a really cool shop that we've been keeping an eye on for a few years that's mm-hmm. at the back of New Orleans Square. And that shop now is going to have um, the character of uh, Tiana's mother, and she has an apparel shop, and you'll be able to purchase apparel. And it will also feature some of Tiana's food items and grocery items. Um, so maybe some cookware and, like, sauces and stuff. Sauces. Some sauces. Just to be very clear, so we don't do this on top of everything else that's already <laughs> happening. I don't think the character is going to be there, right? Yes, there's no character. It's themed about, it's like the mother's shop, It's right? the mother's shop <laughs> okay, with Tiana's stuff in there. And now this part's important because the story of the Bayou Adventure takes place after the movie that we've all seen. And so they're no longer frogs. <laughs> and Tiana and Naveen are, you know, happily ever after. And Tiana is now this 
entrepreneur food mogul. And since the last time we saw her, she opened that restaurant that we saw at the end of the movie. It's gotten so big that she's created this food empire called Tiana's Foods. And uh, a lot of the things that she's going to be doing with us as guests is taking us through the bayou to find some of the missing ingredients, which includes other animal people, musician, animal musicians that she's looking for yes. to help with the grand opening of XYZ that we'll probably see at the end, you know, where the Splash Mountain boat is right now at the very end um, with all those figurines, animatronics. Right. And we got to see one of them, right? Yeah. It was a dog. Uh-huh. Or do we see two? Like an otter thing with a little fiddle? Oh, God, no. See, I can't otter remember. I thought there was beaver. a dog in it. Something. <laughs> there is an animal with a banjo yes. at some point. Yes. It's a gray, like, bearded, I think, otter. I want to say otter. Bearded um, otter? Yeah, that you know, like a little mus- like long whiskers like this. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Um, and the cool part is Anika Noni Rose... And Bruno Campos, so those are the voices of Tiana and Naveen, have come back to record their voices for the ride. Yeah, and one cool part about that was we got a big performance during this part of the panel. Yes. That was very cool. So Nika Noni Rose herself came out and she started with, um, it's a big song. Uh, Almost there. Oh, thank you, thank you. Uh Almost there. So she's saying almost there, followed by Dig a Little Deeper. So we had two full song performances with all these dancers, and it was themed as if they were in a restaurant, and it was like like Tiana's Palace or whatever. Yeah. So it was like really themed to that. So that was really cool. That was exciting. like a full Broadway show right. that we got. Right. It was legit. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Uh, so that was really nice. Now, uh, circling back to the confusion I mentioned, so part of her backstory is that she has this success, successful restaurant, uh, Tiana's Place or Palace, depending on what you read. Now, <laughs> there is a Tiana's Place, I believe, on the Disney Wonder, which sells out of San Diego. So they have a beautiful restaurant that's themed there. Unfortunately, there is actually no news or specific details given to us that we are going to get any type of Tiana restaurant at Disneyland or Disney World. So, again, they, they did not announce a restaurant coming to Disneyland or Disney World, and it is also not included on their um, list of things coming in 22, 23, and 24. And what I mentioned was they did talk a lot about her backstory in the pavilion, and so I think a lot of people might have misinterpreted it as that being a full-on restaurant that we're getting. So we'll find out more soon, hopefully. I almost want them... To open it, just because I feel like they should have not had that information written that way, because it is very confusing. It is. misleading. And Um, it would be perfect. Like, all the fans want to taste Tiana's food. Yeah. (laughs) And Hungry Bear, we we rode by it on the train the other night, and we were like, this is so perfect. And they could have live entertainers there, and it's right across from Splash Mountain. Yeah. Uh, It would be good to, because we were also discussing, like, Having, okay, Tiana's mom has a restaurant, or a, um, I'm sorry, <laughs> not a restaurant. It is a shop, and it is very close to, like, Club 33, actually, in the uh, Blue Bayou area. Um, and then all the way over to Splash Mountain is now going to be Tiana's Bayou Adventure, right? And then also a restaurant somewhere else. But if they put it right next to it, I think that would be okay. Yeah. It's, like, not too much Tiana. Like, you know, like, things tend to take over sometimes, like, Frozen. Yeah. Also start taking over a lot of space. Um, but, yeah, I think it would be really fitting across the way. 
But you know what we didn't hear? What do we not hear? About the freaking treehouse in Disneyland. <laughs> oh, my God. So I have two things that were, like, the most expected announcements for me. And it was because I feel that they are so obvious and so simple. And there's also so many rumors going on about both of these that they probably should announce it. Right. Remember what that, that actually happened with Tiana's Bayou Adventure? There was all these rumors, and finally they, like, pushed it out, and they announced yeah. it, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. However, we did not get a single update about that dang tree house, and it's <laughs> covered in scaffolding. And Mike and I are wondering, like, what if they're literally just fixing it because it was yeah. next to all those rotting trees? Like, who knows what's going on over there in that area? Um, but there's all these rumors about Encanto and stuff, and then they painted those doors across the way. And if it doesn't turn out to be Encanto, I'm going to be like, why, why did you do those doors? <laughs> right. Did you not think about that? So, anyway, we were definitely hoping there was an update there, but there was not. And then the other thing I had on my list that was well, like he, a for sure. Oh, what, what? Not only did we think that, you posted on our stories and it was 100% of our followers said <laughs> they also thought we would get a treehouse announcement. <laughs> See? It's like one of those, it almost felt like a baby announcement. Like, we all know it, something's happening over there, so tell us, right? Yeah. It seems like pretty easy and they seem like they were trying to be open and honest with the fans, but then they didn't even bring it up. Right. Um, and then the other thing was, like, when we're going to get magic bands here at Disneyland. So uh, I thought that would be a for sure, like, on your way out, you get a free magic yeah. band. I thought it was going to be one of those moments or something because it seems so close. And they already have it rolled out on the west or on the East Coast. So it's like, all right, what are we doing? That was weird. And they even had, like, magic band plus there was, like, cases that were showing them in the Disney Parks Pavilion. Yep. And right now, I guess only Disney World has it. Um, anything else that is on the Disneyland side, there really there really wasn't much news. We didn't hear about the Disneyland Forward Project. Um, we didn't hear about Disneyland DVC Tower, but we did get confirmation um, about the Pixar Hotel. Again, we already knew about that. But now we know it's going to be called Pixar Place. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Pixar Place. Pixar Place Hotel. What was funny about that, too, is they were taking the Pixar Pier signage down on Thursday before Paradise the Paradise Pier. What did I say? Pixar Pier. Oh, shoot. <laughs> it's confusing. <gasps> Paradise Pier was already, like, the signage was taken off the outside of the hotel. So it was like, all right, we know we're going to hear about that. Yeah. Um. So that's another, like, baby announcement, right? Um, for Disneyland, though, let's see what else. I mean, we... <laughs> this is... Okay. I'm just going to start this conversation. One thing that I disliked the most about the Parks panel is they... Can I say giving us blue balls? Is that weird? Oh, yeah. There, we have some, I still have blue balls. <laughs> I still have blue balls. From, uh, I mean, we'll talk about ne next week's episode. We'll get into some of the things like the movies. But, yeah, I still have blue balls. So the Parks panel, they kept, like, ramping up these announcements. Like, we're, like, Mike and I were, like, holding hands, gasping, and, like, yeah. almost standing up out of our seat, like, so excited. And then it was something that's, like, wait, what? That's it? And the first time it happened was um, Josh Damara was announcing something about Galaxy's Edge. And we were like, oh, yeah. my God, they're going to bring back the restaurant or the Banthas or whatever the hell, like, thing. Even us, even we were so excited about things that they've already announced. Yeah, we're like, just tell us what was supposed to come and we'll be so excited. Right. And he was, whatever he was saying was making it feel like it was something really big. 
we both thought there would be an attraction. And then out of nowhere, he goes, I want to bring to the stage John Favreau. Wow. And they bring John Favreau, nerd, like director, superstar, happy. Right. Like he is amazing, right? And he comes out and they're doing this whole interview um, with the uh, Mandalorian music playing in the background. And they have a picture of the Mandalorian with Grogu up on the screen with John Favreau's name. And so we're like, hey, he's the director of Mandalorian. So Mike and I are like, oh, my God, we're going to get a Mandalorian attraction. <laughs> like all this we're craziness. so excited. So excited. And then they announced that we are getting a new meet and greet character, Mandalorian, or Mando, and baby Grogu, which is very cute. It's yeah. very cute. <laughs> Excuse me. By the way, my throat is torn to pieces after screaming and laughing and right. whatever for like the last week. But... Um, it's very cool the technology of Grogu being in the little side, um, like side pouch or whatever you want to call it, messenger bag. Um, it's amazing. However, when you wrap it up to be something like an attraction, it was kind of a letdown. Which then it was kind of a bummer. It's like we could have been really excited about that. Yeah. But the ramping up and dropping was like kind of wah wah. I don't know. I think I think if if you're only announcing a meet and greet when it comes to Galaxy's Edge and nothing else new, that to me is like something you'd put on Disney Parks blog. And right. it's exciting and we'll share it on, on social. But that's not what people spend 10 hours overnight waiting to hear. And flying from wherever the and hell. flying from Brooklyn, New York. Okay. Right? Uh, yeah. So, so that was strange and it seemed a little bit anticlimactic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm also hearing from our Disney World friends that they are bummed because... Mandalorian is not going to be appearing on Batu in uh, Disney World. So this is exclusive to Disneyland. Some of the theories I read is because it doesn't go with the storyline of Galactic Star Cruiser. So it sounds like Disneyland is starting to be flexible with the timeline of Galaxy's Edge, which is what we've been saying for years we want. Yeah. Let them bring in uh, different timelines like Mandalorian, uh, Boba Fett. Maybe one day the original trilogy timeline and we could see like yeah, Luke and Leia. Yeah, that'd be cute. However, they, they put themselves in a corner in Disney World because you have the Galactic Star Cruiser, which is set in the sequel trilogy. And when you're on the ship, everything revolves around the First Order. So when you go and continue your mission in Batuu, it's supposed to be in that storyline. So that, ah. was, that was a theory that I read on Reddit, which that, makes that's sense. That's pretty good. And I mean... That's even the, what they were saying about our Galaxy's Edge yeah. here, was that this is a different timeline. We can't have those characters yeah. here. So you're right. They're being flexible here, but they, like, really can't over there. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh and, uh, and it looks like from what we saw and what we're familiar with with characters like the Mandalorian <clears throat> is similar to Kylo Ren and the Stormtroopers. And um, that new woman, she's from Batu, I think, with the cool-looking hair. Is it blue hair? Oh, um, Viva, Viva, something. Vivian. Something with a v. Vivian, um, let's just call her Vivian. Vivian and... Uh, Via Marathi. Via Marathi. <laughs> and then Chewbacca and Ray, they wander around, so they don't stand in one spot, and there's not, like, a 30-minute line meet-and-greet like a princess, which I love, so it makes the yeah, land I, feel I like alive. So we're expecting... Um, Mandalorian to walk around like that and, you know, ask for directions. He said he's, like, looking for Oga's Cantina when he was on stage. Um, what's his name? What's B- the Mandalorian's name? 
Something with a D. Jindarin. Is that right? Jindarin. So, yeah. So that is hopefully how we'll see Jindarin. And they did say that's going to start soon. They did announce, but I can't remember now. Oh, shoot. It was soon, but not like super soon. But the one they are announcing, that they did announce that's coming as soon as next week. Next week. And I'm going to be back. I'm so excited. (laughs) I have to check it out. Um, Yes. So they've been working on this new technology called an exoskeleton um, it's a really cool innovation for Imagineering. It allows them to build these extraordinary sized meet and greet characters that can be out um, walking around and meeting people and whatnot. And they introduced the Hulk. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, so we are getting the Hulk. And he's huge. And he's in like a space suit. Yeah, so work. he's wearing the suit that the Avengers wore when they time traveled in Endgame. Which I wonder is, why they picked that one. Is it? I think it's clever because then they don't have to like worry about the full Hulk body, <laughs> just like <laughs> right. his hands and his face. That was the, the first thing I thought. I was like, I bet you there's just like a logistical reason for that, <laughs> yeah. or, or um, design reason. And so it sounds like he's gonna come and go. So if you are in Southern California and you really want to see this new Hulk meet and greet, you have to get over to Avengers Campus. Um, within the next few weeks because we don't know how long he'll be there, just like some of the other Marvel characters. I want to give a shout-out, though, to Brian Trex because he posted this video. I still haven't shown you. I need to show you. And it's um, it's the Hulk walking out on at the D23 Expo, and then it flashes to the Christmas story kid when he has too many – like his jacket is too small or whatever. Oh, yeah. And he's just kind of stuck in it. <laughs> and it's like for me, when Hulk was walking out, I was like – what? And he has his arms like out, like, I don't know. It looks really weird, but nonetheless, it still looks really cool. So he's kind of waddling a yeah. little bit. Yeah. Like, it looks like it's not all the way there yet, maybe, but you know, we got to. a little help waddle there. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, so that pretty much wraps up Disneyland. Again, there were there were some things we were hoping to hear, but we didn't. But we are getting some meet and greets, and we got a few other details about those things we mentioned. So, um, Dis- oh, wait, you forgot we oh. have portos coming to downtown Disney. Oh boy, that got a huge applause, <laughs> if not probably one of the most exciting announcements from <laughs> Disneyland that we didn't know about. So, downtown Disney is getting Porto's Bakery. Porto's Bakery, which is super popular down here and delicious and usually really affordable. So we'll have to see how that goes. Right. But um, that was a downtown Disney um, update as well as the design for um, Din Tai Fung. So we get to see what that looks like. Um, but another thing, this is just another quick announcement, is that Run Disney is returning to Disneyland, which is a big deal. They haven't had it since, I think, 2017. So... For all you runners out there, I hope you guys are very excited to hear that news because I know a lot of you have been really bummed either that you can't go at all or you have to travel all the way across the country to go on a run. So that is very, very cool. Yeah. That's an interesting one, too, because I think and I really don't have an opinion on this, but things are still coming back that were paused from covid and so they're not new. They're just returning post-pandemic, but they're being used as big announcements. Yeah. So that is, take it how you will. Yeah, this but is just not being necessarily real. a new right. announcement. Or yeah. it isn't a new announcement, but it is a fan favorite. Like, it does have a really strong yeah. fan base that 
they got it taken away. It wasn't like something that was lost from COVID and is just coming back. It was something that they literally stopped doing. So yeah. I think that was a pretty cool one. Um, they also have um, <clears throat> Magic Happens returning. Oh, yeah. Nighttime Spectaculars. Can't forget that. So it sounds like for Disney's 100th, which is the big focus of 2023 for the Walt Disney Company, they had told us that the focus of the 100th celebration will be at Disneyland at the home home park. Yeah. I think it's going to be everywhere, but it's going to be, like, fostered out of Disneyland. Like, all the main stuff, which is super exciting for me. (laughs) (laughs) Whoever else on here that's listening that goes to Disneyland more often than anywhere else, it's really cool that we get to see pretty much everything probably here. Um, And then they announced, of course, that there's going to be a new fireworks show called Wondrous. Uh Is it just Wondrous Flat? I don't know. I think it's wondrous something. I feel like that too. Right? I can't remember. But the the but... the 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 leak that people were talking about before the expo was just wondrous. So people got it right. Right. Yeah. They so knew what was coming. They pulled that out of the hat correctly. Pull it out of the hat. Castle fireworks projection show Disneyland. <laughs> Celebrating Disney 100 through storytelling. So we're probably going to see um, music and characters throughout the last. 100 years of the Walt Disney Company. Uh, but back to Magic Happens. I never got to see it. I don't think Same. you did either, right? Nope. So this is very exciting. It was only it there was for two weeks, right? Two, I think weeks. It was two weeks. And then Miss Coronavirus came. <laughs> so we never got to see it in its full glory. And this is uh, produced and choreographed by Todrick Hall, who's amazing. And it's just so colorful. And it seems like such a celebratory parade so i could see why it makes sense to just use that for the 100 celebration at disneyland so i think that'll be nice um there there were different interpretations again of the announcements what what i understood is that they will enhance it a bit for the 100 so i'm just imagining um, some of the 100 logos added to the floats and maybe um like a different spiel something like that yeah, which See, is fine. It's new to me. This so there is you go. how I am at panels. I don't remember any of that. All I remember is I'm saying, came back. I think I like crossed my eyes and almost passed out. And I was so excited. I didn't listen to the rest of what he said. So, oh, it's, first of all, it's so, to you. It's hilarious sitting next to Jen Diz at these <laughs> these announcements because if the screen shows something that might be a spoiler of a ride, I look to the right and her head is like down between her knees. <laughs> And I'm like, what is happening? Are you okay? What is going on? Why aren't you looking? <laughs> I've been trying so hard to not see those two attractions, Tron and Cosmic Rewind. And here it is on this massive, the most massive screen I've ever been in front of. And just like, stop it, Josh tomorrow. <laughs> stop it. Um, we got a preview of the Wondrous Song which is taking a very different turn than some of their more nighttime spectacular pop music songs. This sounded a lot like folky, guitar, um, yeah, that kind of thing. I don't know. It's a little a little quiet. Oh, I'm sorry. Were you, oh, I was sorry. I fell asleep <laughs> thinking fell asleep. about that song. We, that song <laughs> put you to sleep just talking about the song. Um, so we'll see what it looks like when it's in context with the fireworks and and projections, hopefully it'll be a little bit more energetic. I think that's what we're looking for. Yeah. I like that they're trying something a little different because most of their their songs are that, like, Magic Happen vibes where it's, like, upbeat, like, poppy and, and whatever, but um, it also has to fit well. So we'll have to see how it feels once it's all put together. You're right. All right. <clears throat> Anything else Disneyland before we go over to Disney World? No. That's, that's all I got. 
All right, so some new, some anticipated, and then a handful of things that we were hoping to hear, but we didn't hear. And that's life as a Disney-holic. So <laughs> Disney World, they kicked off the parks panel with really exciting musical number, Happily Ever After, with the original singers, including Jordan Fisher, out on stage. And that is the song from the show, the fireworks show at Magic Kingdom Disney World that had been playing for years um, before this new 50th one called Harmonious took its place. And this has been a fan favorite fireworks show and song. Enchantment. Enchantment. What did I call it? Harmonious. That's at Epcot. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Enchantment took over Magic Kingdom's fireworks. Uh, Happily Ever After is coming back. He announced it. Josh tomorrow. The crowd went wild, and it was so fun hearing that song live. Now let me ask you. So yes, the song. I actually I leaned over to I think while it was playing, and I'm like, this is actually kind of messed up. Because, like, fans are really sad about that show leaving. And my dumbass didn't even catch on. There's going to be an announcement that's coming back. Because I feel like this announcement was one of the most um, transparent and pretty awesome moments, actually. It really showed that they listened to us. Because yeah. that's only been out since October of last year. Not even a full year yet. And they're already saying, like, listen, we failed. Yeah. Like, they straight up said, like, we've, li- we've heard you. We've listened, we heard you, we are making changes, so they're going to figure something out. Now, my question for you is, um, oh, and that's also for Harmonious, we'll just say that, right? It's like both Harmonious and Enchantment both came out for the 50th anniversary, and they are getting changed. Yeah, they, so, will, like, they will retire after the 50th yeah, is finished. Very interesting, um, but it did make me feel, like, seen, I guess. <laughs> that, yeah, that is that a good sense, point. Right? Um, even though it wasn't me, I'm not even like a magic or a happily ever after stand because I've only seen it like yeah. three times or something, right? So, but I felt really happy for Walt Disney World people. And they've been listening for a while. Remember a few episodes back, we talked about how the uh, Enchantment fireworks show recently added a couple minutes before the show starts. Uh, with projections of Walt and Roy and making it more about the parks and Walt Disney, which is what we were all disappointed it didn't do. Like, this is Um, the 50th anniversary. Where's the story? Yeah. So it is nice that they they took the time to do that, knowing they're already going to retire this show and put Happily Ever After back. Um, They did describe Happily, Happily Ever After coming back with enhancements to celebrate the 100th, similar so to Magic That's what I was going to ask you for yeah. clarification, is at some point over the weekend, I don't remember if it was you or somebody else, but somebody mentioned that they just said they were bringing back the song, Happily Ever After, not necessarily the show. Ah, so, and that was WW, WDWNT. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> and, you know, they could be right. I As much as they are... Um, Right and wrong with the news. They are entertaining. They're like our extra, our entertainment tonight. Um, and yeah, we watch it over the weekend. And he, his interpretation was that they're only using the song. But what I heard on the stage was they were going to enhance it for the 100th. Um, I, again, and, just strictly yeah. heard that happily ever after is coming back. But I, I know that like in media in general, it's common for, and I'm not talking about WNT. I'm talking about like Josh Tomorrow's presentation. It's very tricky how you use your words, yeah. right? You have to really listen and kind of like like dissect what they're saying. And yeah. it could be literally that they're only using the song. I don't remember what he said, but it could be that. It could be the whole show. It could be changed. It could be enhanced. I don't know. Yeah. But we'll have to like see how that rolls out. It's really, really interesting. It's got me alert to it. Like I want to go back to the next D23 and like just 
focus instead of letting my excitement take over and <laughs> it's like hard. realize what I'm actually hearing, right? It's interesting because yes. I took a few things out of hand on that. <laughs> I do hope they keep most of it intact, particularly the hunchback of Notre Dame scene. He never gets any love and Quasimodo has the Aww. whole out there song during Happily Ever After. And I love it so much. It is cute. Um, and then they're going to be, you said Harmonious is retiring. So over at Epcot, there will be a new Lagoon show that is for Walt Disney Company 100 and supposed to be the new Epcot show in general. Now, the the hot button question out there is, are the barges yes. going or staying? <laughs> to me, it seems like why not stay and keep using it? It seems like a waste if they got rid of that. Not that I want it to stay. Yeah. It just makes sense for them to reuse it. What do you think? I think that they are very ugly. <laughs> um, so because they are doing all this listening to the guests, and if that's the number one thing people are saying they don't like about it is the barges, <laughs> then they might get rid of them. Maybe. But yeah. it seems also like that's a huge investment. Those things cannot be cheap. Like, yeah. yeah. At all. Um, so I don't have high hopes they'll get rid of it, but it seems like if they're flowing with that, they might, um, however, what the hell were they thinking building a show that you can only see from certain angles? Yeah, that is very strange. (laughs) You can only see it from one side or the other side, or you won't be able to see through the, um, Aura the ring. What is it called? Thing. Yeah, the, the um the everything bagel. <laughs> everything bagel from everything everywhere all at once. Now the the thing is, now that I've gone on a couple of solo trips since we went to the fiftieth and have spent more time in Epcot, I actually like Harmonious. Okay, now I don't love it. I don't love it and sit to watch it. I love it there as ambiance. When I'm walking around at the end of the night or heading back to the front or going to the um, the Skyliner, it's just, I love the music. I don't need to stop and watch it. And I just hear it and I see the lights. It's pretty. And yeah. I like the, uh, like, there's an after party for, like, 20 minutes. There is. I remember I did <laughs> the first time I was there opening night for it. And I didn't want to leave because I felt like something's still going to happen. What's going on? Because it's going on forever. <laughs> And it's um, some good music, international music. So I got used to it, but, you know, we'll see what comes next. Yeah, yeah I think um, I like the fireworks the best of the show because I feel like they're low-hanging fireworks, but yes. still, like, giant ones. And they're just the biggest fireworks you've ever seen. Yeah. It's, like, covers the entire sky above you. It's pretty Right crazy. in front of your face. And because it's on top of Lagoon, it's safe. They could do that. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, So Epcot uh, continued to be a main focus of the Disney Parks panel and the Disney Parks Pavilion. Um, So with over there in Epcot, they did say that all of this construction we've been seeing will be completed in 2023. And as a reminder, they did say, hey, Epcot is turning 40 uh, this October, which is next month. So it sounds like they're going to start some sort of celebration, maybe more low key than we thought because there's still construction walls up. Right, um, but they did announce something, and I, I wish I could remember right now if they announced when, and they should have it for the fiftieth or the fortieth for the anniversary. But we are getting another meet and greet, ladies and gentlemen, coming to Epcot. Do you remember when? Did they say? They didn't say when Figment. I don't think they said when Figment is coming. Okay, yeah. So guys, it's they Figment. said he's returning, and then they showed us pictures of these balloon animal Figments. What from the heck? The like, expo. We had this meet and greet before. And we're bringing it back. And then they showed a freaking <laughs> balloon assortment or whatever it's called, arrangement. And I'm like, 
What yeah. is happening? Where's the pictures <laughs> of the previous strange. one? So that was very bizarre. The only figment meet and greet I know of was when they had the Dreamfinder meet and greet and he had figment puppet. So like maybe that's what they're talking about, but then why didn't they share photos of that? I don't yeah. know. Very bizarre. However, that was another moment where they gave me blue balls because I also thought they were gonna be retheming Journey to Imagination. Yes. They ramped that up and we just got another freaking meet and greet. We were like looking at each other like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my yeah, god. I was like, oh my god, they're gonna finally cause that attraction is atrocious. Let's get real. Like there's yeah. some parts I love it. I make everyone go on it every time. I also, even if I'm by myself, will make sure to go on it. Because I'm a figment stan. However, the original was so magical, and this thing is a joke. So, like, we all know yeah. this. So it's, like, perfect. Like, okay, this is great. Let's upgrade. Let's update it. Um, but, yeah, nothing. So so nothing there. Uh, they're one of the big crown jewels in the Epcot expansion that they're really trying to get us excited about is over at the new area called World Celebration, which used to be part of Innoventions. And this is Journey of Water, inspired by Moana. Um, so this is some sort of walkthrough attraction where you're going to learn about water and it's important to us on the planet and sort of the different journey it can take from water to steam to clouds to rain, all that kind of fun um, edutainment that Epcot is known for. Um, but just to get everyone's expe- expectations set, you know, this is not a ride, this is not a musical, it doesn't have like Maui and all that. Um, this is really about the water with some Moana storytelling alongside of it. Yeah, and then just for a little background too, which I think might be helpful if you don't already know this, Walt Disney himself, if you like Walt Disney, and your Walt Disney fan, he loved edutainment, which is education and entertainment combined, which is almost all of Epcot when it first opened, and then it kind of trailed off a little bit, right? We have a little more thrill things in there now. Um, However, this is a perfect example of making a new beautiful version of a pavilion you can walk through and get some edutainment. So, yeah, yeah, if you are a Walt Disney fan, you should like this as well. (laughs) And it's not only is it out all, all outdoors, but it's finally bringing some tree shade that we've been oh wanting my at Epcot. Oh those walls are killing me. <laughs> yeah, so you'll be able to walk through, and it's a Sunshine, water play. concrete. Splash yourself, <laughs> get some shade from the trees. Um, so that should be fun. We're also getting in Epcot a, a Walt statue. Um, so most of the parks now are getting have their own Walt bronze statue. If they don't already, they're getting one. And this one is called, I think, the Dreamer. Walt the Dreamer. Mm-hmm. And it looks like, what does it look like, are people saying? It looks like he's sitting on a toilet. <laughs> on a toilet. I didn't even think about it until somebody, I think Courtney, shout out Courtney, pointed it out to me and I was like, man, why did you ever, why did you ever <laughs> tell me that? Because it's all I can see. Um, so we'll have to try to erase that out of our memory and sorry for putting it in yours now, but here we are, so... So, yeah, he's kind of like sitting down, knees up, and his elbows are resting on his knees. And he's dreaming. And it's a, it's an older-aged Walt, uh, which is more accurate to the time when he was dreaming about Disney World, since he didn't get to experience, you know, Epcot mm-hmm. um, alive. <laughs> and the context of that that I think is important is that statue was supposed to be the focal point of this really cool elevated park that they announced in the 2019 Expo Parks panel uh, that was going to have greenery and a park and you'd be able to see fireworks and stuff from up there, but they canceled all of that. So he's just going to be somewhere on the ground. (laughs) 
I guess. Yeah, even the, uh, the I think the, it was the actual one, right, that they had in the pavilion. They said it's yeah. the actual one that's going to be put in the park, so you got to see it and take pictures with it. And even the block it was on, it was, like, so apparent that it was supposed to be part of something bigger. Yeah. And it was just, like, a standalone. It's kind of weird. Like, oh, man. <laughs> so there we go. That's Epcot. And over to Magic Kingdom. Oh, wait, one thing I should say is uh, for those of you who are excited and want to get to Journey of Water when it opens, they did give us a season. So it's going to take longer than we thought. They're going to open Journey of Water, inspired by Moana, is opening spring 2023. For some reason, it takes a long time to build that. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So over at Magic Kingdom, they gave us an announcement of the opening date for the Tron light cycle ride, which we have been waiting for. When is this thing freaking going to open? Oh, it's... Spring 2023. So there, there we go is. again. Vague, right? I don't know. That's like what? March, March, April, <laughs> that's May. Right. I'm getting these all mixed up. This is the one that we're like, it's going to open in like a month yeah. for sure. People were expecting it November. Oh, yeah. And there's another blue balls moment because they opened the Tron discussion with a video of Josh tomorrow riding Tron. So it looks like it's it looks like it's ready to go, <laughs> yeah. essentially like he's on the ride. So I was like, okay, like let's let's do this. And they're like, just kidding. We're just like another six months away at least. Yeah. So ay ay ay. So that puts this coaster at about five years Oof. of of them getting it together. Oh my god. Before and we could ride it. Mike brought up something that made me very sad, but it was a very good point. And he said, can you imagine the railroad has been down this entire time because of Tron? So it's similar to, um, for you Disneylanders out there, you know how we had to have the railroad down while they were building Galaxy's Edge out, right? So similar to that. So they had to close it down while they're building Tron. And then he said this timeline, which broke my heart. He said a five-year-old child all the way up until 10 years old <laughs> didn't get to remember riding the railroad. And I'm like, that's such like a core memory of mine of being a kid yeah. and just like doing those classic things like riding the Disneyland railroad. And it's like super sad to think about. So they better get that thing up and running soon and get the railroad back. Let's get like our classic Disneyland or Disney right. world back. And I, of course I'm excited about Tron, but look, I just want the railroad back and Tron is not a new ride. Y'all, it's been in Shanghai for a while. So. Oh, just like Ratatouille. Everyone yeah. was like, oh, this new... I'm like, it's a copy-paste. Or when people say, like, it's not that good, I'm like, because it's, like, 10 years old already. Yeah, it's already old. Um, so hopefully we'll be able to ride that. Again, they didn't even tell us a date for Tron. They just said spring. So that could be beginning of spring, middle, late. If they do follow what they did uh, this year for Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. That could be some April previews and then a May opening. Mm. And, you know, from a business perspective, taking my fandom away from it, it makes <laughs> sense to milk it and, you know, not put all the rides opening at once. Now everyone's going to come back oh, yeah, to ride Tron. Holiday season. Yeah. So, they already got that. They don't need help there. Right. It's like, yes, we could open it, but from a campaign perspective... Ooh, that's even worse. I know, but it's, like it's annoying, yeah. <laughs> you know what's more annoying is that they announced Tron as opening for the 50th of Disney World's anniversary. Oh, yeah. And it's going to be not even within the year of it anymore. No, ouch. <laughs> so, ba-dum-bum. Ba-dum-bum. Um, they had another announcement, though, Ooh. in my favorite place in Spooky. the Magic Kingdom. Ooh. 
So they finally, or not finally, they announced, and this was a surprise, I believe, right? We didn't know about this. At least I didn't. Um, that they are going to be bringing the Hatbox Ghost, ever so popular Hatbox Ghost. They are going to be adding him into the Haunted Mansion in Disney World. Now, I am a massive Haunted Mansion fan. I will say, I will put myself out there as that. However, uh, there's a lot of other really massive Haunted Mansion fans that are not okay with it because the Hatbox Ghost was never in the Walt Disney World Haunted Mansion but I'm totally fine with it. Yeah, so I think it's it great. On. Especially every time I ride it and I look in that spot, it just seems empty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like now it needs to have the Hatbox Ghost. Also, he seems to be a character or at least some plays some role in the big movie coming out. So Right, oh yeah. Makes sense oh. to have him out there. And they have his merch everywhere, even without him. Yeah, even before ride. he was in Disneyland, we yeah. already had Hatbox Ghost merch. You know, he's always been part of the folklore. So I think that part of it, is really fun for fans. Like, everybody's known who the Hatbox Ghost is. He was in there for, like, a week or something. Like, everybody just yeah. knows about this guy. So I think that's really cool that they get to experience him as well. Um, so that's fun. But we have some bigger news that's not necessarily news at all. Ah, are you talking <laughs> about potential ideas for Walt Disney World expansions? Yeah, and maybe Disneyland. a little skies that are blue. Yeah, so... This was strange and very different than other expo, particular parks panel. They had brought out uh, the head of Disney Animated Studios, and they also brought out uh, one of the head Imagineers to come out and just riff with Josh tomorrow on some of the big ideas that they would love to see in the parks. And they showed us some concept art, but it was kind of vague. But they also made it pretty clear that this is just how they blue sky, um, which is things that blue sky generally means what? Like um, brainstorming like, yeah, really like big. Yeah, like a war room. Like, like let's, let's figure this out. Let's throw out some ideas, see if they stick, like those yeah. kind of things. Yeah, don't hold back. Go big. Yeah, yeah, go big. Let's see what we can make out of this um, and take all our ideas and make the best possible thing. Um, so they shared that with us openly, which I thought was really cool, um, until people were talking about it after, and I'm like, you got a point. So this is, again, um, there's already so much fake news out there about yeah. it. There's so much breaking news. We're getting A, B, and C, but we're like, they literally were so clear that that was not this, it's not the case. It's not an announcement. Yeah. They made it very clear. However, it's still confusing to people. So, like, yeah. they should have just not. Um, somebody mentioned, or a few people mentioned, that it would have been cool if they had done that in a panel. Like, maybe have an entire blue sky panel that you can go to where they talk about these ideas. Or, like Mike said, maybe do one live with us. Yeah. Or talk about some failed ones would be really fun. Yeah. Um, however, doing it in the major parks announcement panel was just like either just weird or kind of cool and nonetheless very confusing. So probably just should have skipped right over that. But what did they say? So they talked about some of their some of the more recent and favorite intellectual properties um, from the Disney company. And they started with daydreaming and blue skying what we could do with Dinoland USA at Animal Kingdom, which we've all been waiting for um, some sort of announcement of what is going to take over that spot. They've already removed the roller coaster that was there. And what remains is just the spinner flat ride, the dinosaur e-ticket, 
and this like hodgepodge of shops and um, carnival style games. And what they told us was they would love to dream up a Moana themed area uh, that would have a spinner ride and perhaps a water ride, a meet and greet. And then behind that, believe it or not, would be the city of Zootopia, where you'd be able to see all the different biomes that they go through when they ride the train, and um, that Judy Hops would be able to take you through and show you all of those different places like Tundra Town, etc. Now, that would be awesome, but it's just, you know, brainstorming. <laughs> just brainstorming. It also feels very... It feels thrown together. Like, why yeah. would we have Zootopia and Moana right next to each other? Like, it just is. And then in Dinoland, not that it's going to be Dinoland anymore. It just feels weird. I don't know. So I wasn't. Yeah. I um, mean, that's a good point. So it's not with Dinoland. It would replace it if this thing comes right. to life. And uh, I was reading over the weekend. I don't know if we talked about it, but Joe Rody had said something in the no, past. We did not talk about it. Okay, so Joe Rody had said Zootopia does not belong in Animal Kingdom. Ooh. And he said that this was a quote that um, a blogger pulled up from before. It wasn't related to this expo. Okay. He was just saying that if, you know, by the way, I know you can, you might connect those two, but Zootopia won't belong there because those are anthropomorphic fake. animals. Yeah, yeah, they're fake and fictional. the the movie is not about our human's relationship with nature, which is Yeah, I agree what with him. Animal actually. Kingdom is supposed to be about. Yeah. So that makes sense that Zootopia wouldn't fit in if they want to keep the spirit of Animal Kingdom as it was intended. But oh, Wait a second. What about Pandora? Oh, Pandora, yeah. He the, he um <laughs> I, I got that right away from the expo. I understood what they were doing because it was all about this, um, the Alpha Centauri expeditions teaching us about the biomes of another planet and how the Navi race uh, are one with nature and how humans need to learn from them. Okay, so it's not the fictional part that's bothering him. It's the connection between humans and whatever, I guess. Nature. If, if yeah, nature. That's, what, that's what Joe Rody okay. wanted. But he doesn't work there anymore. And we've also seen yeah. <laughs> we've also seen what they've done with California Adventure, which is not really anything like it used to be. So. He doesn't even go here. <laughs> <laughs> so who knows what they're gonna shoehorn into Animal Kingdom? It also seemed like a lot. That area of Dinoland is not very big at all, and all of a sudden they're gonna have a yeah. Moana and Zootopia. So I'm just like, I know they can expand, but it just seemed weird. So anyway, we'll see how that goes. But heading back over to Magic Kingdom. Um, there was a moment when Josh tomorrow said, have you ever wondered what could be beyond Big Thunder Mountain? Because that's pretty much the edge of the park. And we're like, not really, but okay, what's <laughs> up? And he tells us that they've been blue skying this other option, um, very similar to what we were seeing at Dinoland, except for it was um, a brand new expansion. And they would be bringing in Coco and Encanto both. And they would have like the little towns, and I guess I don't remember. Did he mention any attractions? And or yeah, they did. Yeah, so okay. um, the the Mexico area where Coco would be would be, um, you know, forever celebrating Dia de los Muertos when That's you're right. in there. And they said that imagine riding on the back of one of those really cool 
uh, spirit animals from That's the movie. That's right. So it's going to be like Flight of Passage. Like yeah. Even even the way they were showing the Alabrija. concept art. Alabrija. Yeah. It looked like riding the Banshee, right? Yeah. Um, so I don't know if we need another one of those rides. TBH. Um, and then you have <laughs> Columbia on the other side of the valley, which would have uh, the uh, Casita and from Encanto and I guess perhaps an attraction and a meet and greet there. Again, Blue Sky, this is vague. They, I don't think they even know right, what they're right. going to put there. And then it gets weirder, right? What happens behind those two lands? Yeah, so they already added two things. And I think the Coco was a good transition because it's on the backside of Frontierland. So Frontierland can blend well into Mexico, right? Yeah. Like we can do that well. And it's nice um, here in Disneyland with Rancho de Zoto, yes, right? Yes, yeah, I do like that that's become a permanent fixture. Um, however, they then... <laughs> So there's like a mountain range, and right behind that is vil- like a villain space. Yeah, so they had <laughs> mentioned that they know that fans have been dreaming up um, a what would happen if villains took over. And uh, it looked like what they were showing us was some sort of concept art for a villain's mountain ride, which, you know, depending on how deep you've gone down Disney icebergs, I've seen concept art for that that Imagineers have created years ago. So this is something they want to bring up. But let's get back to how the audience interprets things different. I'm hearing people thinking they said there's going to be another park for villains. Numerous people right? said that. And yeah, I saw that online a lot, it's too. Wild. The fifth gate. I'm like, when did that happen? Yeah. I was sitting right there. Of course, I don't <laughs> listen to half the words. But. Right. I definitely just heard it as another land or ride. Yeah. Not a park. Same. But people still say, John Favreau said, Galaxy's Edge is a park. So I think some people just sometimes slip when they think of theme parks. They're like, yeah, the Star Wars park. I'm like, no, it's not park. It's a land. So I think I was even saying park a lot at the very beginning because it, it felt so separate. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I quickly adjusted. Um, so yeah, what, what else do we have going on over there? think I might yeah not much else to it again we were hoping for some Disney vacation club announcements like more details about the new Polynesian uh, DVC or maybe bringing back reflections a lakeside lodge Uh, but yeah there was really not much about DVC and then they did go into the international parks to be honest, I don't think we need to share much here with our listeners. We can't even get over there. And they have all these cool things that are already there that we haven't seen. And then they're getting a lot <laughs> Everything's more. New. Everything's Celebration. new. Celebration. <laughs> and I can't even keep track of which parks. But the foreign parks are getting things like frozen theme lands, Peter Pan lands, um, new e-trickets. with um, Cherry Tree Lane addressed envelopes on them. Yeah, they showed us the, the ride vehicles for the, the Tinkerbell ride. And Tokyo Sea, I think, is getting this cool new nighttime spectacular. Um, so a lot of things there. We're hoping that we can travel there soon so we could check these out for ourselves. Um, and we all know that So the Tokyo Disneyland Park and Disney Sea is owned by a different company. It's called the Oriental Land Company. And so they seem to really put um, a lot of money into that investment. And in fact, the head of that company was there, and he's been around since... Uh, they opened it with Michael Eisner, and he was in the audience, and he stood up, and we gave him a round of applause, so that was kind of cool. Yeah, that was crazy. Um, and then outside of the parks, there was one announcement, I think, or maybe two kind of announcements with the Disney Cruise Line. 
One is that we have a new island coming soon, like really soon, right? Um, no, not really soon. <laughs> oh, darn. Yeah, so in fact. There's something that was, oh, I think it's, a, oh, the Australia. They announced that they're going to Australia like this year. Yeah, so. I was like, whoa, okay. So let's start with Australia because that is soon. So the Disney Wonder, which right now is sailing from San Diego, is going to be moving to Australia and New Zealand and doing routes over there. The exciting part about that is anytime a cruise ship moves their itinerary, they have to get the ship over there. And there's usually a once in a lifetime chance to do this really long route. So now you're gonna be able to do a South Pacific cruise um, if you get on the cruise ship that is making its way to Australia. And it's gonna be pretty long, like 10 plus nights. It's gonna stop at places like Fiji before it gets to Australia. So that's pretty cool if that's something you're into and you have the days for that. It's also a small ship, so it's more intimate. You get to know your crew. Uh, so yeah, that sounds cool. But we're finally getting a brand new ship. This is the one that's coming after The Wish, which recently launched. And so next year, or I mean, not next year, 2024, we are getting a new ship. What is it called? The Treasure. A Disney Treasure. And it, it showed a little concept art, mostly just of the lobby, um, or is it called a lobby? What is that called? It's like the, called the atrium, the grand atrium. The grand atrium. Um, and it is beautiful. I, I really actually like it a lot. It's more my flavor. It's like darker colors. Um, it's based around adventure. So it had like Aladdin's lamp and like kind of had that cool color, like the cool dark colors, warm, warm. More yeah. So dark cool. blues and gold. Purples. And Moroccan. Stuff like that. Yeah, very Moroccan looking. So that was really, really cool. Um, I like that that look. It's pulling up already. So hopefully, we'll get to see what that it'll looks be nice. like in, in full. There's a it'll be a there's a statue of Aladdin, Jasmine, and the magic carpet, who we love. Yes. Um, yeah. So that's 2024. More to come from that. You did mention Lighthouse Point. So yes, this is their new island. So with now uh, six ships in their cruise line once the treasure launches, um, they're gonna need more places to send all their guests um, during the cruise, uh, particularly in the Caribbean and Bahamas. So Lighthouse Point will be the second island. Uh, right now we have Castaway Key. They did not say when Lighthouse Point was going to open. Um, instead, they showed us this interesting <laughs> drone camera footage of Josh Damaro barefoot. <laughs> <laughs> with like his white business shirt open <laughs> and standing on this rock and then it went and zoomed out and showed us the completely undeveloped nothing is even started like nothing um, lighthouse point i thought it was gonna zoom out and we're gonna be like wow it looks amazing and i'm like oh it's like a abandoned island yep. <laughs> so it's just there it's raw it's a blank canvas um so if we want to make some predictions or connect some dots perhaps it will be ready in time for the Disney treasure in 2024, that's two years from now. Um, and you're talking about working with foreign governments and also working with, um, you know, uh, wildlife preserves. They said like a big part of it is going to be a wildlife preserve. So hopefully we'll get some more details soon. We do not we do know some when. some concept art on it. So it looks like they have been working on it. So hopefully the balls are rolling. Maybe mm -hmm. they already did all those conversations in the background. We'll have Hope to see. so. Yeah, Hope that seems like it would take a so. long time. Um, but yeah, do you have anything else from that uh, panel that you wanted to discuss? No, I think, I think that's it. I, I'm a yes. I'm disappointed. At the same time, 
got some details on things we already knew about, but they gave us more. So add some layers. I just think um, I would have liked more concrete details on some things. But again, what are we going to do? Just keep what an eye on the Disney do? Parks blog, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yikes. Um, but I, I fully agree with you. I really, I don't know. I I wasn't surprised for some reason that we didn't get very much because I guess it's happened before. <laughs> Not necessarily at D23, but just like in general. So um, I will mention I one know. thing. You know, I love to go on Reddit and see what everybody's talking about. And um, I'm watching... I'm watching fans debate and people are taking sides and I'm just kind of eating my popcorn and watching it all. And so some fans are like, no, that stuff's going to happen. That blue sky sky stuff is going to happen. That's what it is. It's concept art for something that's in development. And then somebody goes, somebody posted a picture of um, Cherry Tree Lane Epcot which was only Ooh, three bird. years ago in 2019. Bird. And not only was that not blue sky, yeah. that was confirmed as coming. Yes. It was even on display at the Epcot blue sky mm-hmm. exhibit that you could see in Epcot for like two years. And so they, not only are there, they, did they avoid Mary Poppins, they canceled it. They're not even talking about it. They just ignore it. And so um, the point of this fan who brought this up on Reddit is, if we didn't even get that, then just don't rest any don't don't put any bets on these blue sky right, concepts right. they're talking about, which is fair. It's a really good point. Yeah. Um, all right, so that was the parks panel. Um, but we have a lot more to talk about. So um let's talk about one of our favorite panels of the D23 Expo. And this one kind of for me always hits home. It is the mouse grade, and it was so much fun being hosted by Nina West, none other, Disney Hollick herself, Nina West. It was so cool. So you and I got to this when we had a kind of interesting situation. One thing about the D23 Expo that I did not like was that they, um, most panels, almost all the panels I yeah. went to, ran greatly over the end time. So like, let's say um, you have a certain amount of panels you have to do per day and you have to like really be vigorous and schedule these really tight. And then you have to also get to the next panel early to get into your reservation or get in a standby line or whatever it is. Um, and then you would get in a panel and it would literally run an hour over. An yeah. hour. That's insane. 15 minutes, fine. An hour is crazy. Um, but that happened to us for this one. And it was, I think it was like 5.55 and the mass grade started at 6. And it was clear across like yeah. the furthest possible space that you could go to at the convention center so we're hauling butts over there and we did have reservations which was lucky we got there and we got in and because of the fact we were so late they ended up seating us in the section that wasn't originally for reservations and we got basically front row there was a couple of dealers in front of us so nobody in front of us and that was a very nice surprise for literally walking in four minutes after it started um, luckily, it seemed like they were a little late getting started, so we didn't miss a thing, which right. was also really and cool. And this was the biggest masquerade production. So remember, this was a fan costume contest, and they took it to another level. The hall was huge. They had, like, beautiful stage production design and, of course, three judges, um, including Yvette Nicole Brown, which we saw last time we were um, there live, and we saw her in the virtual masquerade during the mm-hmm. pandemic, too. Also, another previous host was Ashley Eckstein, 
So she was back. Um, she is a designer of her universe clothing line and, of course, the voice of Ahsoka Tano. And she's just an amazing Disney holic. She's in it to win it. She's, like, all over Disney. <coughs> Excuse me. And so sorry. I just found out she is back to voicing Ahsoka Tano for that new show where they show oh. her younger story. We'll talk about that on the movies panel type, uh, on our next episode. But so cool to see that she's back in it. And then we had one other host, but I don't know who she is. Judge. Judge. One other Sorry, judge. judge. Um, I don't know who she is either. Sorry about it. Oh, well. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, and they were uh, so many cool costumes. And there was something new this year where people who were watching the stream, including the live audience in the auditorium, we were able to vote for a fan favorite in addition to the judge's pick. So that was kind of cool. Right. So real quick brief on what Masquerade is. It is a cosplay contest. And the best way to say it is that it's like a high production, almost like American Idol, America's Got Talent or something um, panel. And it's not just like, oh, like have these people stand up and we clap when or put our hand over their head or something. You know, it's like a really well done um, contest. And Nina West being the host was hilarious because she was just like, riffing off of everything that was going wrong in the show going right in the show like like vibe vibing with all the uh, uh contestants and whatnot and talking about their costumes and nina west knows her stuff so it was really cool to have a, a host that like could really get in the nitty-gritty about what these costumes stood for people like us right so um ton of fun and we had some favorite costumes and luckily they were some of the winners yeah so it means we have good taste we do we do and what's cool is the judges mentioned that before we even see the masquerade they spend some time um backstage looking up close to make sure that uh, some of the scores reflect the artists um like the construction the fabric the sewing, and you experienced that before when you're back there and they're, like, poking around, right? Yeah, they do, like, a pre-judging. Um, I don't know how to explain it, but you basically go up one-on-one and you chat with all of the judges and you show them your, like, craftsmanship of your costume. So it's not just, like, how it looks. It's, like, what, like, how did you make this? Like, it'll you won't win if you bought the costume somewhere else, basically. You have yeah. to, like, make yeah. it yourself. And then there's a lot of people that had, like, such fine details. I remember there was um, a woman that had a costume and even the inside of her jacket, the paneling was like so specific that they had her take the jacket off and show it off to us. Oh yeah, it had really cool lining inside. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So really detailed, very talented cosplayers. Um, And there is this one contestant named Tina and she's from the Bay Area, represent. um, And she's had these costumes for a few masquerades now, and they are attraction costumes. It's almost like a a gown, I guess. I don't know how else to say that. Like it, it's yeah, like a gown. I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. Like it goes around her body, and like then a her, bodice. Yeah, and then she has like a hat kind of thing. That's like the topper of whatever attraction she is themed as. So every every year she has, or every masquerade she has another costume. So when I was in it, she was. Um, the Matterhorn, and then she had Big Thunder one year, she had Haunted Mansion, and then this year she was Dumbo. And every single one of them are done amazingly well. She is super talented. Um, so that was really cool. She, the Dumbo had 
a working mechanism that made all the little dumbos fly and go up and down all around her body. Yeah. It was, it was crazy. Full on moving. <laughs> Super cool. So she did well. She won the fan favorite. But the number one winner, which both Mike and I picked as well, was this um, it was two people with one person who did the co- who like created the costume and it was called Alice in Pixar Land. And this was part of a category which they had multiple categories of during the contest uh, or during the contest 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 <laughs> and um, <clears throat> her category was the mashup so this is where you take two completely separate things that have nothing to do with each, with each other and blend them into one costume and her costume like it says Alice in Pixar Land and it, she was Alice in a house so you know that part where she gets big while she's in the house and her arms shoot out the windows and She's looking through another window and she's up on her feet or she's actually sitting. I'm sorry. And then um, the difference of this that made it a mashup is that the house was um, the house from Up. Yeah. Very cute. And then her partner had um, a caterpillar. So it's like the who are you caterpillar, right? However, it was Heimlich. Heimlich from Bugs Life on the mushroom. So smart. So we really love that one. It was just so creative. Um, and, yeah, and then it was fun. We got to see our friend Janelle at the end sing a song on stage. So random. Um, but, anyways, it's always a lot of fun. I always Lip sync? Is that the lip sync? Uh, yeah, the, like, yeah, they had to, like, lip sync and dance the Hakuna Matata, right, I think? No, and um, I can't. I just can't wait to be king. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so they had a little, like, dance uh, lips, lip sync party at the end of the show too. So it made me, um, and I said to to you after, I was like, this makes me appreciate how good drag queens are at lip syncing, because <laughs> it looked so hard and like I would be nervous. I was up there. Oh trying my to god, sing. I, I'd yeah. be shaking out like I can't. And it's so hard to like mouth these words in an entertaining way, and then you're right there next to Nina West, who is an amazing drag queen. Uh, so yeah, I don't know if we're gonna do that again next year. <laughs> it's a little weird. It did look fun though. Um, so yeah, so anything else from Masquerade? Mm, just one of my faves. Like it goes back to, you know, being amongst the fans. Yeah. And it really fans, is that yeah. fandom moment and everybody in the crowd is just as excited to be there. Um, and I also love they used to have it on Fridays at the same time, like competing with Legends, which I hate it because I always want to go to Legends. Um, so you usually have to choose. But not only did they move it so it's not competing with anything big, they also moved it to 6 p.m. And I think that's the proper placement for it. Because it's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's like an after-party vibe almost. It's like different than the other panels that are a little more serious or you're learning or listening to like people's like career stories and whatnot. And then you go to Mouse Grade and it's like you're having this grand old party time in there. So I, I really like that new uh, slot and I hope they keep that moving forward. So that worked out really well. Um, sweet. So we talked about Parks panel, we did our masquerade, which was one of our favorite panels of the whole experience. Um, but let's talk a little bit about the show floor. Uh, at the expo, they have panels, they have shopping, they have a show floor with tons of things to do. Um, and then they have a marketplace as well. So like the expo is jam packed with things, um, for you to keep yourself busy. And I did not get I don't mean like 15% of it done. Yeah, <laughs> there's, there's, there's so much left unexplored. Something that we got information on, I believe just the night before the expo, was that on the show floor, 
there's a Disney Plus Hulu pavilion. And within there, there's a lot of live entertainment that happens and you can find it on the app. And we had seen that Darren Chris, and he is a Broadway star, singer. He's from shows like Glee and also American Horror Story. I mean, American Crime Story. And um, so, yeah, he had like a little intimate sing-along concert uh, for anyone who wanted to show up. And we got to be really close to Darren Chris. He sang a handful of Disney songs. And it was just, it was so fun and like casual and lighthearted. I loved it. It was. It was very like... So you're on a show floor and it's busy, busy out there. There's like people passing the entire time. It's wide open. It's not a closed panel where you have to go wait in a line and get through doors. And since it was in that manner, what we did is we, everyone sat on the floor. It felt like it was like kindergarten where you get your like carpet square and go sit yeah. on the carpet <laughs> with everybody. And it was just adorable because it ended up being a sing-along for Disney songs. And it was just like... For some reason, like, the most genuine, like, sweet thing to do. And Darren Chris is so talented. And just seeing him, like, I would have never expected to see him singing Disney songs at D23. So it was just, like, one of those <laughs> cool experiences that you might have just passed right by. I didn't know about it until Mike told me, so. And he's playing piano. Then he moved to the guitar. And he was singing. It was just, it's a free show, basically. A little free concert. Right. And by the way, side note, if you guys live in uh, Los Angeles and or are visiting and would like to check this out, him and his wife own a bar, piano, like a dueling piano bar. Something like that. In Los Angeles downtown called... I don't know if they own it, but that's where they play. Oh, I thought he said they owned it. Okay, well, either way, they have a night there called... Or the place is called Tramp Stamp Grannies, which is super (laughs) weird. weird But it is in downtown L.A., and they have Disney sing-along nights. So I just thought that was really cool to mention because it's a great Disney-holic place to go because it's all adults. It's at a bar. So, yeah. like, no kids, no offense, children. But, like, sometimes it's nice to be a Disney-holic and get out with all adults. So that's a really good option. Um, and then while we were there for Darren Chris, Mike was like, did you see that Nina West will be here doing a sing-along tomorrow? So it was, like, these little surprises that you find – as you go through the weekend at D23. And I went back the next day with some friends, Lisa and Laura, shout out. Um, and we went for the Nina West uh, sing-along. And so <laughs> I can't even tell you how much of a good time it was. It was so fun. We sang so many Disney songs. She was really, like, being a drag queen, part of the the performance is, like, at least for some drag queens, especially for her, she gets you really engaged. Like, you really feel like you guys are part of the show. She walks the floor the whole time. She doesn't just stay on a stage and be this person that you look up to. She's, like, out there with the crowd, and she was walking around, putting the microphone up to people's mouths, letting them sing parts of the songs. It was a blast. Like, it was... She had a conga line going. The place was so packed, and somehow we had a conga line going. It was amazing. (laughs) So, tons of fun. I just... It was one of those moments where I, after it was over, I was just like, I don't even know what to do now. That was, like, so fun. I feel like I could just go home. Like, it yeah. was, like, so good. Um, and I also got to sing a, a whole one-word lyric with her. So I had my moment, too. <laughs> What's that word again? Burn. When's it my turn? Okay, yep. I'll stop there. <laughs> um, you also spent more time than probably expected at that 
corner of the expo where they were doing the live streaming for people who were not at the expo. Right. So I am a Nina West fan. I think I became like a 5,000% time Nina West fan after this weekend. <laughs> like it just kind of, I, oh my God, I went through the roof. But one thing, I went over to this live stage because I saw she was hosting a trivia game um, with Disney stars, it said. And so I didn't know what to expect. I went over to the stage. It's, again, just out on the floor. Anybody could walk up, come and go as they please. Um, and it was pretty, like, open. Like, I could find a seat really easily. Um, and that part was really surprising to me because the content that was happening on that stage was really, really good stuff. It was very short. So, like, they'd have a lot of 15, 20-minute panels, like, really short interviews and whatnot. But there were some major people up there. There was um, Josh Tomorrow himself was right there. So it's like five feet in front of your face. There's just Josh Tomorrow having a one-on-one interview. Um, John Stamos was up there. Uh, a ca- a cast of numerous shows were up there. There was just a whole itinerary for the whole weekend going on on this stage. All kinds that, of Disney Broadway stars. Yeah, around. all sorts of stuff all over the like all over the map. Um, and a lot of people were just, like, not even realizing it was there, I think. Like, I, I didn't realize unless Nina West was involved. I just, that's the only reason I even found out about it. So, um, it's these little surprises that are just so amazing. And the first, I saw her do it two times. So, she's the host, S, hostess, hostess with the mostest. Hostess with the mostest. Um, and the first time it was, let's see if I can remember. It was Susan Egan, who is the voice of Belle. Um... Oh, I forgot his name. Michael James Scott, I think. I can't remember. He's, huh? Yeah, Broadway genie guy. Broadway genie, yes. He plays the the genie on Broadway. And um, and man, that guy has a big personality. He's so (laughs) fun. And then it was Caitlin uh, Stamos. Are you about to say Jenner? I did. It was a Jenner. Caitlin, or or I also say Caitlin Skybound. That's like her bounding name she's a big disney bounder and she's also married to john stamos so big disney family um and then there's another woman she's from broadway i can't remember her name sorry but the rest of them i'm very familiar with and they're all just right here on stage and i'm like oh my god these like people are famous to me so very cool to see them play trivia and it was just like so silly some of the questions were really hard i didn't even know the answers to either and they were just like just playing with each other. It was really funny. Um, And then the second time I saw this trivia, it was um, Jody Benson, who is the voice of Ariel, the Little Mermaid. And then we had, this was so funny. It was, um, I'm forgetting his name. Oh God, what's his name? Brooke. Brooks or Brooke Lopez. And his twin brother, Robin Lopez. So these are two NBA stars. Um, and then the last person was, um, oh, freaking Donny Osmond. Like, what? <laughs> Donny Osmond? I didn't even know he was, he had anything to do with D23 Expo because he wasn't on any of the lists. And then just freaking, I'm like, I've never seen this guy ever. So that was amazing. Um, so, yeah, he came out. They played trivia. It was hilarious. I was laughing so hard. Ashley Eckstein came out. It was just amazing. Um, and then one quick funny moment from that, that was like, I still am raving about. Um, and this is just one of those connections when you have a moment with a celebrity that you don't know is into Disney. And I don't know anything about these Lopez brothers. They're obviously some very famous NBA stars. 
Um, everybody else seems to know who they are except for me. But um, there's a part where uh, Brooks had to spin the wheel and he got a song he had to sing. He did not know the lyrics. So he just picked his own and he started singing veggie, veggie, fruit, fruit, fruit. veggie, fruit, fruit. And he knew all the lyrics, more lyrics than I know. And I got so excited. I was screaming. And then later on, I saw him in the park and I yelled veggie, veggie, fruit, fruit to him. And he got very excited. It was very cute. What is veggie, veggie, fruit, fruit? Veggie, veggie, fruit, fruit is the hit number one song on the Billboard charts. Just kidding. But it was the number one song in Kitchen Cabaret, which is an extinct attraction from Epcot, which left... A very long time ago, and he is not as old as I am, so it's even more impressive that Younger he knows about you. that ride. Yes, yes. So, anyways, tons of fun. The show floor is jam packed full of a lot of fun stuff. You really just gotta keep your ears open, your eyes peeled, and um, really focus into what is going to bring you joy at the D twenty three Expo. Yes, that's the best way to experience it. Kind of go with the flow, hit up those priorities. Yeah, and just those, take what you got. You those know? things on the show floor may have, or like most likely, are were my favorite moments of the entire expo. And what a surprise that would be! I'm like parks panel. It's all about the parks panel. Yeah, right. Not this time. <laughs> <laughs> Not this time. Wow. So we're gonna talk more next week about the rest of D23. Everything from the live action movie announcements, animation. We're talking Pixar. We're talking Marvel, Star Wars. And then everything else that we didn't cover, we'll talk about next week. But this weekend was so big that after D23 Expo, we decided just this Tuesday, we got to do Oogie Boogie Bash while we're down here. Yeah. So we have the option to go during the Expo. We both decided, like, we've already got enough going on. Let's go during, um, like, the week so we could stay a couple of days after, go to the parks, and that would be nice. So we went Tuesday night, which we are now at, what time is it, like? Some two in the morning or something. Two in the morning after <laughs> after the party on Tuesday night. Yeah, so we had a blast. It's my first time yes. at Oogie Boogie Bash. Yep, first time. So speaking of Mike, what did you think? I Overall. loved it. Good, good. That is what I had hoped to hear. <laughs> I loved it. I felt um, like it was very well thought out. And it felt a little bit spookier than what you might get at like Magic Kingdom or Disneyland proper. And I just thought it fit, it fit California Adventure very well. Everything from the lighting to the characters, the way things were organized. Um, and it was my first time seeing that parade. Ha- Halloween. Uh-huh. Uh, scary. Uh, uh, frightfully fun parade. Frightfully fun parade, which was really cool. Highlight, Villains Grove. Yay! so happy to hear that yes villain groves or villains grove is beautiful i have a lot of people saying wait why are there no villains of villains grove i'm like because i don't need it because it's so gorgeous yeah i think as an outsider seeing instagrams from like the last um oogie boogie bash i was confused i thought villains grove was also where the meet and greets were but now it all makes sense now that i've been there and it just, the description doesn't do it justice. It says something like digital effects and projections and lights. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> but you walk through it and you're transported into this spooky, magical, enchanted forest that embodies the spirit of all of these villains and their colors, their sounds, the music, everything. One of my favorite moments was actually in Villains Grove with you. 
when you lean forward into the Queen of Hearts exhibit area and you're like, can you smell the roses? Yes, <laughs> so you could smell them. It smelled like an old lady in church. It was so cool. <laughs> and uh, there's painting the roses red and they were turning from white to red. And then there's this like sparkle fairy dust version of the Queen of the Red Queen of Hearts that appears. It's just it's it's technologically incredible, but you don't care you don't think about the tech because it's that good which is yeah it just looks like that's when magic. it when it's good right yes. yeah it's yep. gorgeous and you know there were um let's see if i can remember off the top of my head there was like queen of hearts there was uh, a lot of the little bla- brave blue sprites everywhere oh, i remember right. you were like what is that so that's from pixar's brave uh there was this whole cool like lion king area that was like scar's elephant graveyard with the Hyenas marching past and like uh, versions of his score was going on there. Be prepared. Who else? There was just there was a lot. There's a Doctor Facilier section. Um, I'm trying to remember what's at the very beginning. You know what part I like the most though is that and I don't even know what this is supposed to be themed after to be honest. But there's a section near the end that looks like you are in a thunderstorm. Almost. Oh, like, yeah, that's There cool. was, like, lightning shooting down the trees, and it had they lit up the tops of the trees like a blue. It almost looked like rain, and they were dripping down the trees. I don't know. It looks so neat. And, uh, and oh, and it lights up red at some point. It gets yeah. really, like, spooky. Very cool effects. Take um, your time. I think if, yes, if yeah. you're going to go next year, sorry, it's sold out, but if you're going next year <laughs> or you already have tickets to go, um, do not rush through Villains Grove. Like, take your time. Let people walk by you because some of the set pieces take, like, maybe two minutes to go through its whole scene. Right. And you want to see the whole thing. Right. And I will suggest going to Villains Grove during the first parade. Um, we tried that this time, and it was brilliant. It took, like, 20 minutes in line. Um, the other time I was at Boogie Boogie Bash, it took much longer. So, Definitely suggested for that. Um, and by the way, the parade runs twice a night, so you can catch the later one, which is always going to be more empty than the first one in yep. any parade situation. If you ever have two parades, go to the second one. And that's the best way to close out a park is like a parade or yeah, a fireworks show or fun. something. Yeah, um, So we did get to meet and see all the characters that we set out to see. Yes. So that is a win. Who did we see? Okay. Oh, my gosh. So we started with the Sanderson sisters. Mm-hmm. So they had Minnie, Daisy, and Clarabelle dressed as the three Sanderson sisters from Hocus Pocus. We got to see them. That was so cool. Um, and then we went straight over and saw Cruella. Oh, yeah. Punk rock Cruella. So this is based mm-hmm. on the live action movie. She's got a red carpet out and all these different dresses on display. Couture. And, you know, and her... her uh, Signature sort of attitude, which is fun. Yeah. Um, and then we got to see Madame Mim. Madame Mim. That is, is really such cool. a unique, deep cut. <laughs> She's from Sword in the Stone. She was in full character. We were chanting with her about how she won the wizarding duel with Merlin. Um, she was really fun. Yeah, she was a blast. Um, and that's another one of those ones where you can kind of pull over and talk to her for a little bit. So don't be shy to like take take some time. Maybe not... Um, time to where it's going to ruin somebody else's day, but take the time for yourself. You paid for it, right? Yeah. Um, and then we walk, uh, popped over to Oogie Boogie. The host of the, host the of party the show. himself. And he is um, in the Animation Academy, which 
I think is beautiful yeah. because they then use all those screens, those massive screens around the room, and they have like rolling dice and casino rollers and um, or like slot machines and just like very oogie boogie esque things going on in that room. And then he's spooky too. Yeah, he was kind of he creeped me out a bit. He was, he was. <laughs> yeah, was there's one point where too. I was filming him and I went boo, like trying to scare him. He did not like that. And he was just staring me down. Yeah, (laughs) I was so creeped out. I was trying to hide behind you. (laughs) Um, And that was really fun. And it was cute because the trick-or-treat trail, instead of getting candy there, we got uh, graham cracker cookie bugs, just like the bugs that fill the sack that he is comprised of. Yes. Um, And then from him, we headed over to... I think that's when we went to Villains Grove. Yeah. And then after Villains Grove, we stopped and we saw Mickey of Kingdom of Hearts. Yeah, Kingdom Hearts. Oh, Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> Excuse me. I, no, I, Hearts, I don't even play the game. The game that everyone have played. <laughs> I don't then, play the game. Um, but it was cool. He's in this like outfit that we're not familiar with, so it was also very cool. Yeah. Um, and then he got taken away, and we're like, oh my god, we just wait in line for nothing. And then him and Goofy walked back out, so we got a bonus for the wait. Um, so we got to meet both of them in their special Kingdom Hearts outfit. And that's a cool, that was a cool photo op because uh, the backdrop is Pixar Pier with the Mickey's Fun Wheel or whatever mm-hmm. it's called now. And it was great. Remember we had Murphy's Law, we're like, should we leave, should we stay? And then we were chatting up with uh, some other fun fans in front of us. This couple, uh, the guy was dressed like Wally with a cockroach on his shoulder. It was so cute. And then the girlfriend was Eve. Very cute. And they were really nice. They are very sweet. Um, and then what else did we do? We we saw Bruno, but we don't talk about him, right? So yeah, we didn't talk about him. We walked <laughs> by him, said hello from the from the peripheral. We saw him from afar. Yeah. Um, and then we headed over and we met Agatha. Agatha, that was it. Was cool. Agatha all along after all? Um, and there was like hardly any line to see her, which was really nice yeah. to see. Um, popped in real quick. That was very impressive. She's one of those where she, you might, you must have so much fun playing the character as a cast member. Right. Um, and Loki was in that area too, so we got to yeah. see him, but he was wandering. So they have a lot of the typical wandering characters in Avengers Campus, and you can grab him for a photo if you're lucky. Um, and then I think from then we just walked over, we got to go on Guardians of the Galaxy, Monsters After Dark. Um, which we talked about earlier, we were very impressed with. And then we watched the parade over by the entrance to Ernesto de la Cruz, which I think is my highlight of the night. Um, I did have this, I like saw him before, but I didn't, I again can say it didn't do justice. I thought he looked so freaking cool in person. It was so cool. So cool. Even, did you see his chest? Maybe not. Like so, he was wearing a jacket, and it was hard. So, like normally, when he was singing or talking, um, his jacket was kind of closed. But every so often, he would stand out and like really throw his arms out and his chest out, and then the jacket would open, and he had like actual ribs. It wasn't just Creepy. like drawn on his shirt. It was like there, you know. Of course, it's some guy's body, but he had like physical things on top of it. It just looked so good, and his mannerisms and whatnot like he was like a real ernesto de la cruz yeah it's really really cool cool. and this was supposed to be ernesto in the afterlife and we were visiting him on stage where he is destined to perform forever and ever and ever and ever and ever as the skeleton version of himself so cool so cool and i think we're hanging in there for quite some time and he was just kind of talking and i'm like 
I want to see him sing. I want to see him sing. And this is at almost the closing time, maybe 10, 15 minutes until closing. And like, we've done everything we want to do. I'm just going to stay here. So I was like, Mike, you don't have to wait for me. <laughs> and so Mike took off. And then I think maybe like 20 seconds after he left, he started singing. I was like, of oh, course, of course. dang it. Um, but he sang Remember Me. And then he did like a slow, pretty version. And then also like a fun dance around one, um, which I will share on Instagram because he was uh, a hoot. Um, but yeah, and he, a was, holler. he just looked amazing. Like I was, I couldn't stop staring at his face. I'm like, what the heck? This makeup is beautiful. Like it was just really, really cool. So I was very impressed with him. I have a question for you. Yeah. Is that Marco Paolo in there? <laughs> like who <laughs> is could, that? Yeah, I, I don't Marco like, is in somewhere else. He's in New York. I was going to say, have you seen so Marco and Ernesto him. in the same room? <laughs> That's funny. I didn't even think about it. You can totally pull him off. Yeah. And he can sing. Right. Marco, do you have something to tell us? <laughs> that would be so funny if that it's was like him. like Batman. He's hiding alter right? ego. <laughs> um, but yes, so that was probably my highlight. Um, but nonetheless, it was all a ton of fun. And the parade was very good. Would you say the it was pretty was similar cool. to the Florida one? Hmm. I think they both have, I think they have a different vibe. I would say I don't think it's similar. Except they both did happen to have the graveyard diggers who were banging the shovels with the choreograph- choreographed dance. I think um, that whole Haunted Mansion scene is identical. This one was better. Oh, why so? Because the Haunted Mansion float had all kinds of these uh, screens. And, you know, when they do it well, you know, I'm not a fan of screens, but when you do it well, it was practical effects. It was a float. It was a Haunted Mansion. And then they had screens, so it looked like there was stuff going inside the mansion that were moving around happening it was it's just like another level yeah i felt it was upgraded um because the disney world one has been around so long that it probably doesn't have as many cool effects right um for some reason i feel like the disney one disney world one was a little bit longer um i do like the boo to you song in disney world but this new song that i hadn't heard the halloween one um was very cute too yeah yeah i think they're both they feel like kind of the same but they're totally different songs. So they give that that yeah. cool little party vibe with with a dash of Halloween on them. So um We did yeah. squeeze out one last character interaction. Oh, yeah. The end of the night, you found Merlin over at Carthay Circle uh fountain. Yes. Yeah, so I was gonna go find Mike. He said he was shopping, so I was like, all right. So I was walking over there and then Merlin pops out of nowhere. Like I don't even know where he came from, honestly. It was kind of weird. Um and he this character, if you guys ever have a chance to meet him, he has so much energy, like just over the top energy, and he's just as wacky as he is in the film. Um, totally fun character meet and greet, and Mike and I spent our time with him. Yeah, so, like, we, we were had there a good for amount a while. Of time with him, um, and then I asked him, <clears throat> excuse me, I asked him to teach me this dance he kept doing for other people. And I was like, what is that? dance you were doing and he then was like okay i'm gonna teach you say this after me and he said this whole spell spell, right right? yeah Yeah. and it was all these weird words and i'm like and then he like points at me like okay go i'm like oh shit i have to actually (laughs) so i fumbled my way through and then he made mike do a half and then we had to then repeat it while dancing and kicking our feet around in our hands so it was one of those moments of just like this is so over the top silly. Yeah, it was, was so, so much fun. He was so in character. He was even riffing the same way Madame Mim did when we were over 
with her earlier in the day. I asked him about Madame M and he was going off about how he lets her think that she won the wizarding duel. <laughs> and then I said, are you sure? Because she said she won. And then he was saying that he only lets her win and that's why he's the better wizard. It was so funny. Like he really was dead set on this feud with Madame Mim. And then um, when he did the spell for us to do the little dancing jig, I don't know if this is correct or Mandela effect, but in my mind, in the cartoon, I think he cast that spell and it makes you dance. Is that why? Oh. Like, when even your feet just start dancing, even if you don't want to dance? It sounds right. I can picture it, right? I, I can picture it. I, it is now a core memory of mine, even if it wasn't in the <laughs> there film. There you go. So Merlin from Sword in the Stone closed out our night. And then, um, yeah, that was it. I think one more thing I want to say about the characters at Oogie Boogie Bash, and, and I'm sure any characters in general, you can throw any curveball at them, and they have something ready. Like, I mean... A proper curveball. Yeah. Don't throw weird curveballs, you guys. But if you throw them, like, some random question about the film that you think is, like, super obscure, they know it. They, yeah. like, they just really, they really embody that character. Like, they do their research. They know how to answer all these questions. Um, Improv at its finest. Remember, yes. um, I was filming Cruella, and I have, I for the whole night, I wore a Mike Wazowski headband with a giant eyeball that moved around and lit up and Cruella looked at me and she was like oh you only have one eye just like Horace the dog which (laughs) is the dog in the animated 101 Dalmatians who has the eye patch I believe which was just she was just so quick on her feet that was so cool right like how how can you retain all that but they they're on top of it yeah so very impressive lots of really cool interactions for the evening um, and we got tons of candy, of course. Yes, which I'm about to tons eat now. of candy and some healthy <laughs> snacks. Not only did they give out uh, give out Mars candy, but we got grapes, we got carrots, we got craisins, applesauce. We got some veggie, veggie fruit, fruit. <laughs> veggie, veggie, veggie fruit. 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 <laughs> um, so it was interesting. And sun chips, which I kind of rejected after the second time. Oh yeah, they take up way too much space in those little itty bitty trick or treat uh-huh. bags they give you. I know what they're up to. Right? Like, come on. Um, but yeah, so would you go back to Oogie Boogie Bash? I would. I would do Oogie Boogie Bash again. And uh, I can see why it sells out so quickly. Right, yeah. I think the value is just super high. Um, but what would you, like, how would you rate it compared to Mickey's Not So Scary, for instance? Oof. Not bashing it's anything. It's hard, yeah. Just it's... like, which one do you think is done better? <clears throat> I would say they both feel the same as a Disneyland trip versus a Disney World trip. I feel like Mickey's Not So Scary is a it's a whole production. Also because every time we've gone we have gone in costume and then you have to like go from your resort and on the monorail and on the boat or whatever and then there's like that huge castle show. So, uh it just feels very Disney World where this one feels very Disneyland. It's like it's it's cute. It's intimate. Um, it's more um, charming. It's a lot more charming. And it does feel newer because this is a newer event. And it, there's just a lot of tech that is so well done. Right. Um, so, yeah. that's. I guess that's how I would compare it. Sweet. Um, do you have any final thoughts on Oogie Boogie? No. Sign me up for next time. I do. Nice. Oh, I will say it. And maybe this is the Disney World Disneyland thing. I I enjoyed not being in costume. 
Oh, it okay. ju- I just felt like I can enjoy it. I was I didn't need to be part of the show this time. That's, I just wanted to enjoy the show. I didn't think about it once, so I guess it doesn't bother me either. Yeah. I thought it would. I was really disappointed. I was like, I cannot believe I'm <laughs> going to go to this Halloween party without. I don't think I've ever in my entire life been to a Halloween event and not had a costume. Like, just ever. <laughs> it was weird. And then when I saw people, other guests with amazing costumes... I would be like, that's amazing. And I'd be like, thank God. I'm glad I'm not wearing that. (laughs) Yeah, it was also still pretty warm. (laughs) Yeah. But it was actually, okay, that was also good. We got really good weather. It was warm, but it wasn't like hot. I never Mm. felt hot the whole night. Right. But it was comfortable without Mm -hmm. having a sweatshirt or anything. So we got really lucky that the weather dropped because it was nasty over the weekend. Woo. Um. But yeah, so um, I'm really glad to hear you liked it. I I knew you would. I had yeah. full faith that you would love it. Um, and I'm excited to go to more with you. Um, so we are coming to a wrap here, you guys. But I wanted to send a quick reminder that there is a Disney drag show coming up this very weekend in the Bay Area. So if you live local to the Bay Area or will happen, um, if you happen to be in the Bay Area, for any reason, and you have Sunday night free, please come down to Club 1220 at 8 p.m. on Sunday for Disney Drag. What Disney Drag is, is a straight-up drag queen show at a club, and it's all themed to Disney. So you'll see characters like Madame Leota in drag, and Lady Tremaine, and uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame, and uh, Gabby Gabby. It's just like all over the board. They do a wonderful job. It is so fun. You will... Lose your voice because you'll be laughing so hard. Um, It's a good time, and I will be there. So if anybody wants to come hang out with me, please let me know. You can contact me by emailing us or sending us a message on Instagram, of course. I would love to have you. Bring some dollar bills, some cash. Yes, very, very good tip. Um, Drag shows, uh, you often tip the queens and bring some dollar, single dollar bills so you can do that as they um, walk the floor. So get a pocket full of ones. Come on down and have some fun. Um, Again, that's in Walnut Creek in the East Bay, and it's called Club 1220. So 1220 in Walnut Creek. Just That sounds fun. Sounds fun. Wish I could go. I will be back home in New York. But wow, what a fun weekend and what an episode. So we talked about the D23 Expo, of course, Parks Panel, Masquerade, and Show Floor. We still have a whole other episode and segment for the rest of D23. So next week, we're going to be talking about the movies, Marvel, and everything else. And we also had so much fun at Oogie Boogie tonight, just like hours ago. Yes, so thank you all for listening, and we hope you enjoyed episode 102 of the Disneyholics show. Follow us on social media at the Disneyholics. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, send us a message on Instagram or email us at fanmail at thedisneyholics.com, especially if you're coming to Disney Drag this weekend. Okay, bye. bye. See you soon. Remember me Though I have to say goodbye Remember me Don't let it make you cry For even if I'm far away I hold you in my heart I sing a secret song to you Each night we are apart Remember me 
Disneyland.